turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good evening and welcome back. Welcome back to a real live edition of the show, Wake the Heck Up with Randy Corcoran. So good to have you here. And man, oh man, you can almost start saying good afternoon because the sun just keeps hanging around. Days are getting longer. Days are getting warmer. I may bring my uh, Harley out of storage, put it back in the garage because when we hit these 50 day, 50 degree days, it is just hard not to hear and have a little vroom vroom. We make up for it, though. Many of you who know me um, know we've got three and a half grandkids. Fourth grandson is on his way in June. But number one grandson, three and a half years old, dirt bike champion last year in his first season riding. And literally riding. I mean, these are real live races. So we still get out on the dirt bikes and have some fun that way. And uh, sort of keeps me calmed down. Really appreciate all the kind words. Many of you know my wife has been dealing with some real health issues, and she's been very public about this. Um, started having vertigo at the start of the week, and uh, unrelated, we think, but while being checked, was diagnosed with two brain aneurysms. And so, you know, that's quite a, uh, those are a couple of powerful words to hear. And uh, so my heart is heavy and... Um, I just hate that she keeps getting pounded with these issues. And I bring it up only not for sympathy because, listen, we are living a joyful, not for sympathy, because we're living a joyful life. Uh, she, the grandkids just motivate her so, and she and I are closer than ever. Uh, we've been in love and together for decades now. And come rain or shine, that's that's what's happening. And these aneurysms, they say people, some people are born with them, some people live with them their whole lives. and. So who the heck knows? But I say it mostly to give me an opportunity to say thank you to everybody who is sending prayers, text messages. Alexa, thank you so much this afternoon. Um, text the studio. I imagine we'll see some of those as well. And then just the personal folks who are reaching out uh, and support her on her social media and all of that absolutely means the world. Got a very busy show for you tonight. Um, I've got to clean up some mess. I've got to clean up some nonsense. And uh, unfortunately, it started on the Peter Boyle show this morning. And uh, so we've got some audio from Peter's show this morning. We've got some audio from Peter's show from June of 2021 when uh, I had arranged for him to have an interview with my good friend, my actual good friend. Brainiac, patriot, constitutional scholar, internationally renowned John Eastman. And the reason it became a problem, I, you know, every and it's not it's not typical to talk about other radio hosts by name. And I've just avoided it, even in spite of the difference of opinion and the falling out that uh, apparently happened. Not exactly sure why. Okay, but that's the way things go. But you cannot, you cannot lie. You can't lie about me. You can't lie about P. 
people I care about or people that I'm close to, people that I'm friends with, people that I respect. So we're going to clean that up. Uh, during this segment, we're going to play some audio and talk to you all about it. And, uh, and then we're going to be joined by the man himself. John Eastman will join the show around 530 or so. He's got some other stuff going on, so he will call in as soon as he can. But sometime in that last half of this hour, uh, John Eastman will be on. And we'll talk about not only that, but everything else that's going on. And for once on Saturday, get the other side of the story. And so I know that's going to be very interesting radio for you. Next week, a guy named Eric Borner is going to be on the show, 7 o'clock. And it's so funny. I, I watch Newsmax. That's usually my news in the background now. And, uh, and I saw one of those, you know, scrollers across the bottom. And it said, Nikki Haley, first Republican challenger to Donald Trump. And I thought, what are you guys talking about? If you were with us, our last live show, I think it was two weeks ago uh, when we had Steve Laffey on, a Republican, formally announced, all papers filed, fully in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. And he was on Newsmax last week. So they know that he's an official Republican candidate. And this guy, Eric Borner, who is also an official presidential, Republican presidential candidate, know nothing about him. He actually signed up, did all of his papers, did all of his filings, made it official even before Steve Laffey did. And when I was talking to his campaign manager who called me this afternoon, uh, he told me that there's another person in as well. So that's three actual Republican contenders. Maybe people think, well, they're not real contenders, but they're official candidates. And uh, Newsmax is touting Nikki Haley as the first opposition for Donald Trump. It's just, just kind of fascinating. But we'll have Eric on. I'd like to hear what he has to say. I'm going to look, you know, read through his platform and everything. We had promised to have him on this week when they contacted me a couple of weeks ago. And I had to postpone it, number one, because I've got to clean up this John Eastman, Peter Boyles um, fraud, this John Eastman, Peter Boyle's fantasy conversation that seems to be going on, apparently, week after week now. And then also, a whole bunch of people dumped their names into the race for the Colorado GOP chair. And, you know, we've had Casper Stockham on here. Um, Aaron Wood is the other person, uh, a younger guy, a, a grassroots activist, relatively new to politics, somebody I've gotten a chance to talk to once. And it was pretty much just Casper for weeks and weeks and weeks and Aaron Wood. And uh, then all of a sudden I get back from my trip that had me away from you last week. And all these different people have thrown their hat into the ring. Tina Peters, uh, Kevin Lundberg, former Colorado State Senator, Dave Williams, former Colorado, Colorado State Representative. And uh, so I thought we really, I mean, that election is two weeks away. Two weeks from today, we will have a new Colorado State GOP chair. And I thought it was very important to get those people on. So I reached out to everybody who's talked to me about their campaigns. And in the 6 o'clock hour, we'll kick it off with Aaron Wood, follow up with Kevin Lundberg, Casper Stockham, and then at 7 p.m., Dave Williams kicks off the 7 o'clock hour. And obviously your calls are welcome or send in your text messages to the 710 KNUS app to text to studio. We'll ask any questions that seem relevant and very, very fascinating. I, 
I went back because when somebody told me about the John Eastman, Peter Boyles thing, I went back and listened to the first hour of Peter's show, and, and he's mocking the fact that there's an, a debate, a Republican debate, a, going on apparently in a pizzeria. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's a forum. Maybe it's a formal debate. Again, I just got back, so I'm kind of out of the loop. But how cool is that? These people's choices for the race, not some moneyed Republican consultant, uh, not some long-term sort of establishment old guard, we're going to bring the party back to the middle candidate. But these voices of the people are coming to uh, a pizzeria to gather and allow people to hear them. I know it's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be streamed. So you don't have to make it. If they have too many people, you can watch it elsewhere and all of that. I, I just think it's really, really cool. And then uh, we're going to close out the 7 o'clock hour. This is very, very important, what's going on in, in Asbury, Kentucky. And I forget the name of the specific place. We'll get the details from one of our guests in the 7 o'clock hour. If you're a regular listener, you've heard um, Malachi O'Brien on the show, Pastor He's running a 26.2 marathon every single day, and he shattered the men's world record. He shattered the women's world record. The Guinness is tracking him. So when if he ever stops running, he will set the new standard for the uh, Guinness Book of World Record for running consecutive 26.2-mile marathons. I think today was 116. But he's a pastor, and he is very focused on this amazing revival that's going on in Asbury. And if you haven't heard about it, no surprise, mainstream media, what do you expect? But it is, it's monstrous, and people are come of all colors, of all races. They're coming literally from around the country, and I believe, and Malachi can help us understand this better, it sounds like people are coming in from other countries to be a part of this revival. And so he's going to tell us about that in the seven o'clock hour. So we've just got a packed show. Before I play this first piece of audio from Peter Boyle's show on June, in June of 2021, an interview that I arranged, Chuck uh, Bonniewell and I arranged with Pete um, for John Eastman. I just want to give you a quick update and let you know about my trip last week and why I was gone. Because it was so extraordinary. If, if you're a regular listener, you know I took off um, to go to the surprise birthday party, the surprise 100th birthday party for the husband of the woman who took care of my dad the last couple of years of his life, just uh, in her 80s, just slinging him around, dealing with this wheelchair, just the most wonderful people. They became family. And when I found out about the 100th surprise, obviously I had to go. And since I was in Kansas, near where my mom was born, near where my dad was born, I took some of their ashes with me, and I hooked up with an old family friend in Kansas City, guy who was our next-door neighbor here in Denver when I was a little boy, who lived with us um, and finished high school with us when we lived in Chicago. Well, he finished with my brother. You all know I dropped out at 15, so I didn't quite finish that that road. But... Um, Dear, dear friend. And so he spent the day he knew he used to visit my dad. So he knew the the hundred year birthday boy and, and his wife and all of it. And, and uh, of course, he loved both my parents. So he was with me the whole time. And we went to the cemeteries where uh, first on Saturday where my mom was mom's parents and aunt and uncle are buried and spread some ashes there and said a prayer. 
and I was accompanied by one of my mom's very first friends as a little girl, a 90-year-old, vital, sharp, uh, showed us some really cool things around town, invited us into her home, and and reminded me, took me to where the gravesite was, because I'm not sure I would have been able to find it. So she was with us for the spreading of the ashes and just a, a glorious day. And I I don't know. You you are like my family, so I'm just sharing this with you. We'll get into the meat of the show here in a second. And then the next day before I had to get back to Kansas City and catch my flight home, we hit the little cemetery in, Ar- in Arcadia, Kansas, where my dad's parents and his little sister is his, the ninth of the Corcoran children. Daisy May Corcoran, Daisy Blanche Corcoran, who died um, just a, f- a few days after birth of the flu, no, no less. Her mom had the flu. Baby took it, and you know they didn't have ways to treat that then. And so she's uh, her headstone, and my grandma and grandpa's headstones are right near each other in this beautiful, quaint little historic cemetery. And we got to spread some of my dad's ashes with my brother Dave. So it was just an extraordinary weekend. Came back to this uh, nonsense with my wife, and yet, in spite of it all, I I just feel so filled with thanks and gratitude to God, to you, to all of these opportunities, Um, and even to my wife, who has such joy. Obviously, these times that are hard are extremely hard, but there's so much joy there as well. And um, and whatever this journey is, I'm I'm so proud and honored to be by her side and keep taking a step at a time. So enough of the sentimentalism, because man, oh man, we've got a lot to do. So you all remember the election fraud uh, was just starting to be talked about. And uh, early on, a lot of cases, you know, were getting turned down by courts for standing for this, that and the other. No courts had ever had any actual factual decisions, allegations heard. But John Eastman was Donald Trump's attorney, one of many, who was helping him um, figure out the constitutional bases for challenging the Electoral College um, counting in Congress. And it's it's all a very it's not a it's not an insurrection. It's not an attempt to overthrow the government. It's not the attempt to steal the election. There is no election. You're not overturning an election until Congress certifies the election, certifies the electoral college votes. Until that happens, there is no election. So when you hear that nonsense from people behind microphones and and mainstream media, then just realize they don't know what they're talking about right out of the get-go. And so, you know, we may get into more of the details with John Eastman about all of that and refresh your memory about it, update where things are at right now when John comes on here in just a few minutes. But John, you know, was was uh, um, obviously big news. And Peter wanted him on the show. Chuck Bonniewell and I talked to him. We represent him and have uh, and besides being friends of his. And we said, sure, we'll have him on. And here's just snippets of what happened. So I'm not opposed to the idea of a fix. I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's, it's like it speaks for so, itself. So I guess the question is, I guess the question is, did they do it? If the evidence, if the mm-hmm. evidence is certainly um, uh, more certain than not, mm-hmm. I, I won't say it's beyond mm-hmm. refutation. There's too many variables. Um, but let's say the evidence is pretty strong. 
um, that that in fact Trump won rather than Biden won. Mm, that's rough. Uh, and 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 should should Trump concede and say, okay, don't know. I, I'm going to I'm going to accept this fraudulent result. But I don't because know. If, to, I don't think he was that, to, he was out because I know you know him. But I'll do it. I got. I'm getting yelled at here. Benjamin Franklin once said, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead." I haven't seen anybody come out and said, "I did it." Can you, well, I, I want to? I'm going to talk. I really want to talk about. Got, see, yeah, got, that's not. But that's not true. That's well, not true. Well, who we've did got say thousands it? of pages of affidavits. Mm-hmm. We've got. We've got. We've got. We've got whistleblowers in the post well, office saying they were da- backdating, backdating mm-hmm. ballots. I saw Bigfoot. Right? I saw. What? I saw Bigfoot. I'll swear to it. Oh, don't, don't you know? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm done. No, you know, no, when please. Gonna, when you're going to go, when you're going to go that direction, don't get upset. I mean, I mean, thanks very much. I don't know what just happened. Well, I'd know what happened after that. Peter Boyles just turned into a crying little girl. I mean, literally. And it's been bizarre. Uh, I talked to him after that. I told him that I thought, you know, really, John was wrong. It, It wasn't a bad question. Nothing negative about it. And then after no inquiries at all, I heard that, uh, you know, I kept hearing Peter on his morning show when he was doing weekdays before the stroke that, uh, you know, I want him back. I want him back. And I texted him and I said, you can have him back. He'll come back. He's, it's fine. And But never. They never did that again. Well, that's all fine. That's all water on the bridge, under the bridge. But for some reason this week, and I'm told uh, in past weeks, this topic has come up over and over. And Pete, almost with some glee, it seems like, has been talking about he's going to lose his license, he's going to go to jail. Okay, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But then, and I heard this myself, and in fact, we'll play it for you when we come back from this break. Peter said that that interview was a setup. That that interview was a setup. (laughs) Wow. So... We'll tell you the other side, the real side, the true side of the story, and play that audio for you when we return. Thanks for being here, 710-KNUS. And we are back at 528. Randy Corcoran, you're a pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism. So great to have you here. Six o'clock hour, we kick off a series of interviews with four of the contenders for the Republican state GOP chairmanship. That election occurs two weeks from today. Is that right? 18, 25, that's got to be three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. Yeah, it's March 11th, so uh, three weeks from today. And uh, um, should be very, very interesting. And people are asking about, well, first me. I'm sticking around. I'll be here next weekend. I will be gone the following weekend because I'll be at CPAC. And I don't think we can do, if it was a morning show, we could do it from CPAC. I don't think we can do the evening show out there. It's just going to be too busy. I'll actually be involved in the activities there. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I will also be filling in, uh, hosting Backbone Radio a week from tomorrow. Jeff Hunt will be uh, Centennial, uh, yeah, Centennial Institute, Colorado Christian University, Western Conservative Summits. Jeff Hunt will be doing Backbone Radio tomorrow night. We're going to have him on right before we wrap up the show to just talk a little bit about what he's doing. And uh, I'll be filling in on Backbone Radio again on March 12th. So, you know, we'll be, be around. Lots going on. If you're just joining the show, we ended the first segment with a clip from John Eastman, constitutional attorney, constitutional scholar, professor, and 
Trump attorney John Eastman's interview with Peter Boyles, at the end of which Peter Boyles asked him about um, or John brought up affidavits and Peter said I could do an affidavit saying seeing I said a man in the moon and John took offense to that and hung up. And it's, you know, I thought it had gone away. But now Peter is returning and saying that that interview was a setup. And that I just can't tolerate. Here's Peter today. She said, I saw Antifa in the crowd. <laughs> said what? Right. Said what again? Well, she said on, on January 7th, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the stations. And, you know, every once in a while I land on some. And she says, yeah, I saw Antifa in the crowd there. No, there's no Antifa. On, they they weren't know, attacking there. The White House. No, they weren't there. That was. Well, first of all, that's nonsensical because there's actual video of people in at least Antifa block gear, all that black gear, changing into Trump gear in bushes. Not hard to find either. It was all I know. brought by the Trump people and. So far, like I said, uh, January, the January 6th committee um, yeah. recommended on, <laughs> on Eastman uh, for criminal charges. Um, we will see. Can you imagine relying on the biased, one-sided, no opportunity to defend January 6th committee for anything? This is still a long way to go. The most yeah, significant well, thing will, yeah, will be what, what will Rupert Murdoch now do? And I have a big problem with January 6th. I think yeah. some people should go to jail. Well, some people have. Well yeah. done. And, but Those the, people the, that were actually hand-to-hand fisticuffs with the police on January 6th, what would you guess the median, that's the middle of the group, the median IQ was for those people that are actually... I wonder if the guy who executed Ashley Babbitt should be facing any kind of at least investigation, if not criminal charges, executed at point-blank range. So there's a uh, there's a second clip that I pulled from the show where Peter actually makes the statement that the interview that his good friends Chuck Bonniewell and at the time Randy Corcoran who were representing and are close with John Eastman set up for him was actually a setup to do him harm. And um, I think what we'll do is we'll take our break here real quick. So uh, when we come back, hopefully we'll be joined by John Eastman. He'll be calling in as soon as he's free. I'll play that final clip for him so he can hear it at the same time you do. And before we go to the break, though, man, is this cool. I am so proud of our radio station. 710 KNUS is sending all of the day part people down to El Paso. That's Stefan. Birthday boy, Stefan Tubbs, Deborah Flora, George Brockler, all of them going to El Paso, Texas, Starting Monday morning, shows will be broadcasting there from the southern border to report about the nightmare, the invasion of illegal aliens into our country, illegal aliens, including terrorists, including murderers, including drug traffickers, including child traffickers. They're still pouring over our border. And we'll be down there to report on it, report live. Really cool. You can add your voice to the growing number of people that are asking the governor, Jared Polis, to end Colorado's sanctuary status. Good luck with that. But, man, is this an honorable um, quest. And I'm just so proud. Starting Monday morning, everybody going down there. Go to 710KNUS.com. Sign the petition today by clicking on the Colorado Undivided banner. That's at 710 KNUS.com. 
We're back at 537, Randy Corcoran. Top of the hour, we are going to kick off a series of interviews with four of the contenders for the Colorado State GOP, with Aaron Wood kicking at us off around 6.05, former Colorado State Senator Kevin Lundberg, 6.25, good old Casper Stockham at around 6.40 or so, and then Dave Williams will kick off the um, top of the 7 o'clock hour, and... Um, and we're going to pack that hour, too, man. It is crazy. With Malachi O'Brien, an update on his 116th run, I believe, for um, running marathons, 26.2 miles every single day. All right. Um, I Can you come in here? I'm going to give you a phone number because John says he's having trouble getting through. And I'll just go ahead and write it down. So, everybody, I hate that this is lousy live radio but i know john has a tight window and we absolutely want to get him in here so there's his number that last number is a three and uh, i'll just text him that we're calling we do have an interesting thing going on with our phones so um anyway in the meantime let's see if we can squeeze in a quick call don in colorado springs welcome thanks for holding hey randy I'm going to say this, you know, I kind of felt the wrath of Peter this morning because, I mean, I, I'm still kind of, I'm still with him on the issues, but my main concern has always been conservative media and uh, the fallout from possibly this uh, whole uh, lawsuit is going on. And my concern is over the progressives and their attempt to try to re-regulate the media, bring back the doctrine, or even worse, you know, because they have something to run on regarding the whole January 6th and uh, 2020 elections. And I know there's a lot of people that are loyal to Trump. I mean, and, and, and my concern is still. Hey, hey, Don, I am I am sorry to interrupt you. I think you got almost all of your point out. But John Eastman joins us. We've got limited time for him. And so, John, welcome. Hi, uh, thanks very much, Randy. Nice to be on your program again. Yeah, sorry for the uh, sorry for the phone issue, but I took our break early, so we've at least got you till the top of the hour. Um, and oh, perfect. Uh, so hopefully we can get some things done. And I, I reached out to you because, I, well, you and I communicate about other things all the time, and uh, but that's different. I reached out to you because uh, my old my former friend Peter Boyles, a former morning host here before he had a stroke, now he does Saturday mornings. Um, and I should say, I mean, he sounds great. He's, he sounds good. I actually listened this morning and he made the comment that the phone interview that Chuck Bonniewell and I set up between you and Peter was a setup and he referred to the hang up. and I've got a clip of that call. Do you want to let you have a minute to listen? Sure. All right. Let's, let's go back to June of 2021. So I'm not opposed to the idea of a fix. I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's, it's like it speaks for so, itself. So I guess the question is: I guess the question is: Did they do it? If the evidence, if the mm. evidence is certainly um, uh, more certain than not, mm. I, I won't say it's beyond mm. refutation. There's too many variables. Um, but let's say the evidence is pretty strong um, mm. that that in fact Trump won rather than Biden won. Mm. That's rough. Uh, and 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 should should Trump concede and say, OK, don't know. I, I'm going to I'm going to accept this fraudulent result. But I don't because know. It, I don't think he was that, he was out because I know you know him, but I'll do it. I got to I'm getting yelled at here. 
Benjamin Franklin once said, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. I haven't seen anybody come out and said, I did it. Can you, I, I want to, I want to talk, I really want to talk but about you got, you yeah, got, that's not, but that's not true. That's not true. Well, who we've did got say thousands it? of pages of affidavits. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got, we've got, we've got whistleblowers in the post well, office saying they were da- backdating, backdating mm-hmm. ballots. I saw Bigfoot. Right? I saw, what? I saw Bigfoot. I'll swear to it. Oh, don't, don't, you know, I, yeah, I'm not I'm trying sorry. to, I'm, I'm not trying to, no, you know, no, when please. You're, when you're going to go, when you're going to go that direction. Don't I'm get upset. I mean, I mean, thanks very much. I don't know what just happened. Yeah, do you, I'm sure you remember that very well. <laughs> well, quite frankly, uh, Randy, I've not given much of a thought to it. <laughs> okay. Does he that, was a jerk, and I hung up on him, and, you know, he got what he deserved. Does that does that refresh your recollection? That, that, yes, Counselor, that refreshes my recollection. <laughs> very good. And for people who don't know, Johnny Eastman, uh, former attorney for Donald Trump, uh, uh, internationally renowned constitutional scholar, published author, uh, professor, helped found the Claremont Institute, just so many great things. Um, uh, you know, I, I actually, I talked to you after that interview and I said, you know, I don't, I don't think Peter was necessarily out of line. I don't think he took it the, uh, he meant it quite the way you took it. Uh, and I thought maybe that was a bit of an overreaction on your part. But on the other hand, and I always quantified this or qualified it when I was talking about it on the air. You're the one living through this, man. You're the one who's having your career turned upside down, your law license challenged, your family challenged, all of those things. So I get why you would take that very, very seriously. And people have been texting in, anticipating this interview. Would you just take a minute and explain what an affidavit is in court and, and why it's significant and important, and especially in something as serious as the fraudulent election of 2020 shouldn't just be scoffed at? Well, yeah, and uh, let me let me but first preface it with, uh, you know, setting the stage on, on, on Peter's invitation. He said, I know you think there are some serious issues of allegations and fraud. Uh, I'd like to talk about them in a serious way. And then he pulls a Bigfoot thing. <laughs> it's like, OK, so he's clearly not intending to be serious. He wants to make a mockery of it. The fact of the matter is there were thousands of pages of affidavits. Now, these significance of an affidavit is this somebody uh outlines the facts that they were eyewitness to and they swear to it under oath under penalty of perjury uh this is a felony if they what they're saying is false in the affidavit and these things are then submitted to courts now you get people with memories that are are vague and you get all sorts of things or somebody sees something that they think means one thing and it means another but that's what we have a judicial process for to kind of sort that out it's called the adversarial process these were affidavits that were sworn and in many instances were uncontested. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's, it's evidence of the fraud. And, you know, people said, I, you know, I, I witnessed them backdating uh, ballots that came in after the deadline. I witnessed that people coming up to, to, reg- to uh, you know, get an, a ballot and they weren't registered to vote in a state that doesn't have same day registration. And they were directed over to another line to go get a name and come back with a name they give you and then and then voted. These are the kind of things that people observed with their own eyes and then swore under penalty of perjury that those things were true. That's evidence. And when people like Peter kept saying there was no evidence, I haven't seen any evidence. They're just ignoring the evidence that was there. And there's a there's a new there's a new book out called uh, uh, called debunked, you know, because they always say, oh, that was baseless or that's been debunked. This is this is a tactic 
that people are deploying to try and avoid having to confront the, a massive amount of evidence. And the new book is called Debunked by a guy named Joseph Fried. And I, I've, I've read about half of it this afternoon. It is fabulous. And it's accurate. And he, he sees things that some people thought were evidence of fraud that he doesn't agree with. And he says so. And, you know, and everything in there is, is just rock, rock solid. And, you know, and it's just it's like we're not allowed to talk about it because the government decided way back on, you know, November 7th that there was no fraud. And therefore, we ought not to talk about it. Everybody ought to just bend the knee. Well, I, of course, you know how I feel about it, and I'm with you 100%. And, you know, different radio hosts entitled to their opinions, and, and I usually um, don't listen, and I usually keep my nose out of it. But when people started texting me, and uh, and I got a chance to, to hear the entire hour podcast, I, I had to go ahead and make a clip of this. This is from this morning on the Peter Boyles show. I, I'm not shocked. It's happened before. I mean, it, in some ways, you could say it was a putsch was an attempted putsch. Uh, one of the people who are going to are going to go pay for this is um, former, I guess you say, Chapman University professor John Eastman. And um, he is among the individuals who the Sixth Committee have recommended face federal criminal charges for their roles in the attack on the Sixth. And the committee recommended Eastman and Donald Trump should face federal criminal charges, obstruction, official proceedings, conspiracy. I mean, this isn't this isn't a lark. And should he, should he get a, a month for every year that he sat and watched that attack on January 6th? Who knows? I, Eastman pulled that stunt on <laughs> I got set up on Eastman. I really do. I believe I got have him on the show, and he was talking about affidavits. And I'm not yeah, the, I heard uh, that one. I said to him, I said, I can sign an affidavit. I saw Bigfoot. And, yeah. I, and I'm looking back. And he hung and, up. No, I had him. I had he ran him. away. I had him. He cut and yeah. ran. And I'll tell you, and my, my life got threatened. My, my family got threatened. It was horrible. And when the book is written, yeah, I'll tell you. It's a scary business. It is. Well, isn't some, I don't care about that. I mean, the point is that I was cool with it until it became my family. But the point of it well, is. I'm, I'm I, a tired, crippled old man. I well, can't do that you, stuff I, anymore. That, that plugin's <laughs> over. But I, I tell you something. I, I, I was, it was a setup. It was a setup. John well, Eastman. Uh, but before we talk about the setup part, did, uh, did Boyles have you? <laughs> when he asked no, you about no, an affidavit no, for Bigfoot? No. In, 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 in fact, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's take him seriously. He said he could sign an affidavit that he saw Bigfoot. Well, if he did that, he would be committing a felony. So let's challenge him. If you think you can sign an affidavit saying you saw Bigfoot and do it under oath, then give me the affidavit. This was not a setup. He was making a mockery out of people that put their names on a sworn affidavit about evidence of fraud that they saw. And he was making a mockery of it. And, you know, when he asked me on for a serious conversation and then immediately makes a mockery of it, then he, he's already demonstrated he's a liar uh, by, because it wasn't a serious conversation. And he twice demonstrated a liar when he said, I'll sign up an affidavit that says I saw Bigfoot. So why should I participate in a charade with a bunch of liars? The same kind of charade that we got out of the January 6th committee, which is the other thing he referenced in that little clip. I mean, the January 6th committee was a farce. It was as big a farce as the Russia hoax farce from 2016. And everybody knows it. And for anybody with any sense to take that with any seriousness or give it any credibility, then that person is, is just ludicrous. I mean, just, anyway, so, so you know, I, I don't know what's happened to Peter. I thought he was a pretty good guy, but it, it, obviously he's in the tank for something. But, but, but the notion that, that I had planned uh, to, to, you know, a setup to cut off of his show 
because I somehow knew that he was going to make such a farcical claim that he would sign an affidavit that he saw Bigfoot. I mean, what a joke and what a dishonest SOB. Yeah, it's, you know, I've I have just let it go the the side comments and everything. But when this point of setup started coming out, there are only two people involved in getting you together for Peter and his show. That was Chuck Bonniewell, who Peter is still good friends with, and me, who Peter used to at least claim he was good friends with. Uh, we used to ride together, do all kinds of stuff. You know, it was a real bro- brotherly relationship. To, so I, I can't imagine he would think you set him up because you couldn't predict what he was going to ask. You showed up in good faith, which means he must think that I set him up because he still is buddy-buddy with Bonniewell. And I just couldn't let that stand. And then the, here's the other thing, that the piece that he never tells. Uh, that next day when he was crying to me, I was on a ride. I pulled over to talk to him and everything. And, and he, he said, you know, what happened? Did I do something wrong? I said, no, I, I don't think so. I think... John, I don't think you meant it the way John took it. And I think John maybe even overreacted. I said that to him. And and we, I said, you know, we'll get him back. You know, if you want him back, have him. And then week after week, he'd say, yeah, well, that happened. And then and he won't come back on. And I reached out to you. You said, yeah, I'll go back on with him. And I told him that I, I still have the text messages. So yeah. I just can't stand the the. People are entitled well, to their opinions, but not this hypocrisy and not lying about me or Chuck or you. I won't tolerate it. That's right. And 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 the other thing is, and I'll I'll push back a little bit on you thought maybe I was out of line. Yeah. Uh, th- th- this this stuff. I mean, you're not going to hang up on me, of, are you? No. no the, amount <laughs> of evi- the amount of evidence that is out there that warranted a serious investigation and never got it. We're talking about. A, a, a theft of the presidency of the United States if the election was stolen. This is serious stuff. And and a reporter that says, I want to talk to you with some about these serious things and then pulls a farcical bit of crap like that is, isn't worth my time to talk about. So no, it was no setup. And it was him that caused it by making a farce out of the very serious allegations of fraud that were out there. And and that's that's the only pushback I'll give give to you because I think yeah. I think what I did was was deserved after after he makes a farce out of something as significant as and as serious as this and we were getting it everywhere I mean every reporter major reporter in the country kept kept pushing the false stor- statement that all of these election challenges were baseless. Um, that that means that there wasn't any foundation for them whatsoever. Well, there was massive amounts of foundation for them. Whether at the end of the day it bore itself out and, or or not was a different question. But then they shifted to saying, well, it was it was there was no evidence of fraud big enough to have affected the outcome. Well, that was false too. But but they kept making these false statements and regurgitating them over and over again. And then they made the false claim that Trump, by making these statements, was engaged in a big lie. That's an overt reference to Hitler and his propaganda machine. And 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 it was yet they were the ones engaged in the big lie by saying that the evidence of election illegality and fraud was baseless. And they kept they kept pushing that bit of propaganda until everybody somehow thinks it's true. And it's not true. And I encourage people to go get Joseph Reed's book because it is it is spectacular. It's an easy read um, uh, and it is well documented and people would have their eyes open. Give the title again. Uh, it is called uh, Debunked. Debunked, yep. Debunked, and then there's a subtitle. I forget what the subtitle is, but, but it's, well, it's Debunked. Let, let me tell you this. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a peacemaker. It's the way I am. I, I settle a lot of our cases. I, I get things done when other people can't. Uh, Peter was hurting that day. It was a, he was really shocked by it, it appeared. 
Um, and we all were willing to, you know, give another round. And he never took us up on it, never got that call from Billy, never got that text from Peter. So, so that was nonsense. But, you know, I'm the low man on the totem pole here. I'm, I'm doing Saturday evenings of all things. I've been here less time than any other host on the air, maybe except for uh, Deb Flora in the afternoons. But she worked here before she became a host. And uh, and so this isn't a place I would normally go, but I just simply won't tolerate um, motives or intentions. Everybody can draw their own conclusions and opinions, but to, you know, to besmirch you or me or Chuck as having set him up, I, I just had to have you on to put that lie to bed. Well, I appreciate that. And, and uh, I'll encourage your audience, uh, I don't know how long your show goes, but if they want to at about 6.15, turn on the Huckabee Show on Trinity Broadcast. I'll be on talking about the ridiculous bar complaint that was filed against me in California. So we'll be dealing with that as well. Well, I'd like to encourage people to DVR Huckabee. There we go. <laughs> and stay go. right there here. Because <laughs> in the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to go local. We're going to be, uh, and actually this is a good segue for you for a minute, we're going to be talking to four of the contenders for the Cardo GOP chair race, which happens three weeks from now. Um, and so, uh, good for people to stick around for that. But I, I will just tell you, you already know that, uh, the current chair finally set up a bank account to, um, raise money to challenge the open primary, the unconstitutional open primary law in Colorado. And I think everybody that I know of who's been running for chair, uh, and I, there's only a couple that haven't reached out to me and talked to me, uh, is fully supportive of bringing that lawsuit forward. And so, um, that's good. Now, I don't know. Go ahead. That's good news because, you know, uh, I remember back two years ago at the September meeting, the vote on the floor to authorize that litigation was unanimous, <laughs> unanimous. Yep. Uh, and, and yet they dragged their feet and we ended up bringing it on it on our own. As the resolution, you recall, the resolution specifically said whether the, the central committee itself or any of its members are yep. authorized to bring this suit. Yep. And we brought the suit and the judge said, well, you don't have any authority to bring the suit. I said, how about a unanimous resolution, judge? It was unbe uh, so. it, it was unbelievable, that, <laughs> and you recall that judge's ruling. I mean, it it was nasty unnecessarily. You know, it it just uh, you you can't be the saviors riding in. We had central committee members, we had candidates who were being affected, and and KBB yeah. was just afraid to put the party's name on there, apparently, and she says because of uh, the potential of election. Uh, finance complaints and that sort of thing. So bottom line is, I think the party will be with us. I don't know whether we'll be a part of it again. We've already got the lawsuit ready to go. <laughs> so, yeah. um, But, but um, I know I'm going to get the music here in just a minute, and so we're not going to have enough time, it sounds like, to talk at all about the bar attack on you. Have you made the 168-page response where you outline the hypocrisy and the nonsense that's been thrown well, at you it, with responses available to the public? So I, I did a 100-page response during the investigation phase, and then we did another 112-page response is our formal answer once they actually filed the notice of disciplinary charges. And it's chock full of evidence, and uh, people can see it. They can go to my uh, my Legal Defense Fund website where I've got it linked, and that's uh, uh, givesendgo.com slash Eastman, or they can go to my Substack page, John Eastman at Substack.com. I'm sorry, John Eastman dot Substack.com. And, uh, and, uh, they can, they can link and they can read it. And it's just it's full of the same kind of evidence that Joseph Fried is relying on in his new book, uh, 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 debunked. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's important for us to expose what went on 
so that people are on the lookout so to make sure it doesn't happen again in 2024. A hundred percent. And more and more evidence is coming out. I, I listened to that hour of Peter and he was talking about all the all the things Fox News hosts were saying to each other and their opinions and how that proves this and proves that. And they're going down in a defamation case and all that. Not one word about the other exhibits in that lawsuit, including internal emails from Dominion with Eric Coomer and others talking about the hackability of their machines and expressing concerns about it. It's just I, I don't mind the debate. I hate the one-sided mainstream media narrative. We've got the music about 25 seconds, John, if you want to make a real quick last word. Well, just uh, I encourage people to get, get informed on this and don't, don't be uh, uh, succumb to the big lie from the major media that says there was nothing wrong with the 2020 election. Yeah, it's election fraud deniers that ought to be uh, held accountable, and slow and slowly and surely that's happening. John, we'll have you back so we can talk about all the other accusations that are being made against you, and uh, thank you very much. I am DVRing Huckabee. Look forward to watching you. Have a great rest of your all weekend, right. sir. Talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, we'll start a series of interviews with candidates for the Colorado State GOP chairman race. More of the show continues. Stay with us.